0: You're listening to Canada's Court, your home for all your Canadian basketball needs. Here's your host, Philip Drost.
1: Well, the NBA season is fast approaching, and this year will once again feature many Canadian talents. There's a lot of them on several different teams. And breaking it down is more than one person like me can handle. So, I've brought in some help. Tas Mellis is on the line with me. You may remember him from the Basketball Jones, a basketball show he co-hosted on The Score. Or perhaps you know him from The Starters on NBA TV. Either way, he's with me on the line now, ready to talk some hoops. Thanks for coming on. No problem at all. So uh, you you guys recorded your first episode of The Starters tonight, right?
0: We sure did. How how was that? Well, you know, there's rust. I'm not going to deny it, so, but, uh, you know, we'll shake it off and uh, and get her going. It's all good to be uh, back working hard again. My wife is extremely happy to get me out of the house a little bit more often. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's that means the NBA season is, is so close.
1: Look, the players, they've got to shake the rust off in the preseason. Us uh, broadcast people have to shake the rust off, too. It goes for everyone so uh were you tired of basketball by the end of last season and do you just want to take the offseason off or the whole time are you kind of waiting for something to happen
0: it was a great 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 season and uh you know i'm not just saying that because i worked in the biz it didn't stop you know from october until june with with incredible storylines and uh, the playoffs were so great um you know you can drag um, because of their two months and there's just so many games and I'm watching the baseball playoffs and thinking three rounds is you know a, a good amount how do how do we get through four in the, in the play in the NBA playoffs but uh, they flew by because there were such great stories uh, honestly I mean we, we get in there and we do a daily show every day I, I thought that uh, we had great storylines to work with and and it didn't seem like it dragged at all last year.
1: But then in the off season, are you are you ready for it to get back?
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, it's uh, you know it's a nice little uh, down period. I guess September is when it really um, you know slows down uh, the first few weeks, and then uh, I still love the game, Phil. It hasn't changed. Uh, I'm always uh, you know I'm always you know preseason. Um, I'm I'm into it already. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's you know. Bucks-Kings um, on a Wednesday night in uh, in early October. Uh, you know, I, I want to see the new teams, and I want to see uh, the new composition of rosters. and Yeah, I still love it.
1: Well, then it's a good thing I have you on to talk some hoops. <laughs> <laughs> so I've yeah. uh, asked you to come up with five Canadians you think people should watch. I've done the same. We haven't consulted about our list, so it'll be interesting to see what similarities we have. But I will let you have the honors at giving me uh, your first pick. And first, let me know, is this in like a specific order or is it kind of just random?
0: It's random. Um, You know, I went with uh, the best Canadian first. Um, You know, the guy who's accomplished the most um, because I'm really interested in uh, the Minnesota situation. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is... um, you know, I I'm, I'm got to meet him last year uh, working NBA TV. I went to a, a New Orleans-Minnesota game. And uh, the fact that uh, he's got less pressure than the last couple of years, it feels like to me, uh, just because, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is becoming the face of that franchise uh, a little bit more than Wiggins, although Wiggins has done everything to fulfill his duties on the court. He's been so good. I think it, it suits Wiggins' personality to be a little bit in um, – you know, not in the background at all because he's still, you know, the second most important player on the team, second most, I think, renowned player on the team. Um, but I think the pressure helps. Uh, just the, the lack of pressure helps just ease his growth on and off the court. Uh, and I just, I, I do like the guy. I like the kid, and, and um, I, I mean, he's mesmerizing as a player. So I, I want to see him uh, continue to grow, and I think just the, the pressure. Um, more on Towns and the rest of the roster and, and eyes more on Rubio, et cetera, this year. Um, uh, it bodes well for Wiggins. Like he's, he's already grown the last couple of years, and uh, I just want to see where we go from here with him because uh, he's so talented, and, and, I, and I I don't know where the, the ceiling is for him. He's just really, really good. So we'll start with Wiggins. Who, who's your, your number one?
1: Well, you, you actually, I'm... Not going to fault you for this, but you took my number one. I guess great minds think alike. We'll go with that. <laughs> but, yeah, I, uh, same thing as you. I mean, he's got a lot of potential. I think being under Tom Thibodeau is going to help his game for sure. He's uh, he's an excellent coach. And as you said, his ceiling is just we don't know where it is. Plus, he can probably jump through the ceiling. So that always helps. But, uh, yeah, he was also my uh, third person. He was number three on my list, in no uh, specific order either. So, um, who who's your second then?
0: Well, uh, you know, after um, Andrew Wiggins, uh, oh, as good as Canada basketball is right now, I mean, as far as NBA accomplishment in today's current NBA, it, it drops off. You know, a, a decent amount. Um, you know, I, I love watching Corey Joseph and, and Tristan Thompson play, um, but. I went with um, some lesser-known guys um, than than those guys who have established incredible roles on their teams. Um, Anthony Bennett, I, I, I'm, you know, how many chances does he have left? He is in Brooklyn. For for those who don't know, this feels like a, a make-or-break situation. Uh, it, although they signed him to a one-year plus an option for the following year in 2017-18 he doesn't really have a lot of security in this league anymore. He's the number one pick. I, you know, it's a very ideal situation in Brooklyn for him um, because, uh, they share the ball a lot under, uh, Kenny Atkinson, uh, their new coach and they want to shoot threes and it's a pretty thin roster. So, you know, I don't want to say this is his last opportunity in the league and there's other great leagues. I'm sure that he could play in and, and dominate in if he wanted, but, uh, you know, I want to see him succeed. So the, they've got a thin roster. Um, it, it should suit his game there. Um, I'm looking forward to him trying to make the most of it with, you know, no pressure at all. Um, it is all the ingredients, I think, seem to add up for him to succeed. But, you know, who really knows um, considering the last few years. But uh, a new start's always good for him, I'm sure.
1: What do you think it's going to take this year? What has he got to do to establish – at least some sort of role for himself this year
0: he's got to be like a a jabari parker is in milwaukee and and jabari hasn't been playing basketball for a long time in the nba but when you watch him play uh, he he's barkley like you know i think i'm gonna write about this soon i I just can't take my eyes off him watching uh, jabari parker because he just takes it no matter where he is on the floor if he's in mid-range or if he's at the three-point line and he rise to the cup and he uses that body uh, to get there and I think that's what Anthony Bennett has to do uh, you know I mentioned threes he, he can take them when, when they're open but I think he's got to be um, he's got to be a, a bull in a china shop to some degree uh, because he's you know he's, he, he can be that guy uh, I think he's undersized and he's got to you know uh, make up for it with a little bit of relentless attitude just get to that hole and, and um, you know show him what you're worth because you uh, I, I, there's room for him, I think, in Brooklyn on that roster. Um, there's a reason they signed him. Uh, I don't think they you know, Sean Marks um, in their front office is messing around. Uh, you know, he wouldn't just sign him just because. Uh, they probably think that he, uh, you know, has some potential in this league. So his potential to me is go get that cup, son. You know, <laughs> go, go in there and and um, and then you know the threes will take care of themselves.
1: And uh, from what I've seen in the box scores, I haven't been able to watch any games yet. Don't tell anyone, but I don't have cable yet. Awkward. But, um, yeah, he, he's done that. I remember seeing a stat line where he went to uh, the free throw line. I think it was in the double digits, if I'm, uh, if I'm correct. So that's a, that's, he's having a good start in preseason from what I've seen.
0: Yeah, and, and that that's what hurt him right from the get go when he came into this league. He wasn't healthy. He didn't have a preseason, uh, his first go. And uh, you know, obviously that you know, it can take a toll on a young player. Um and uh just getting some, some serious legs under you in the preseason helps a ton. So, um, if he's doing it now and uh I think those opportunities will be there for him um, during the year uh, because they move the ball so much. I think there'll be enough space for him to drive. And uh, I think the, the minutes will be there because of the, the team, again, is, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's not Philadelphia 76ers thin, but, it, you know, it, it is fairly thin.
1: Well, speaking of Philadelphia 76ers, I think that's a good segue to my pick. I was uh, looking at Nick Stauskas. I actually had him on the uh, podcast earlier in the summer, and I think he's a guy where maybe not quite on the same level as Anthony Bennett, but I think this is a pretty, pretty important year for him if he wants to kind of establish his own role. He didn't have a great time in Sacramento in his rookie season, and now this past year, not... Not great either, but this is a a real chance for him. As you said, the roster's thin, and there's a lot of bigs out there, which will help uh, kind of draw the defense away from him maybe. I think what's going to hurt him, though, is he won't be playing with Ben Simmons as we expected, at least not for a little bit. I think that's really going to hurt a guy like Nick Stauskas.
0: Yeah, and I have him on my list too. Uh, He's, um, you know, I've got... I made some notes for this podcast, Phil, and uh, my first note is make or break question mark. Is, um, <laughs> yeah, like when you know the, there's NBA capable players on every roster, we can call it thin, but you know there's guys in front of him who uh, are, are good NBA players and can play on on every team. Uh, these guys um, are there for a reason, so uh, you know he uh, Nick has to make his mark. Um, to to take minutes away from you know, really talented players in front of him in Philadelphia, you know, even if you call it in, I mean, there's, they've got a bunch of guards um, that are, are good on both ends, like uh, Gerald Henderson and, 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 you know, Jared Bale is signed for a decent amount of money. There's, uh, there's, there's, there's an endless supply of talent in this league. So uh, him and, and since, since you mentioned him, uh, you know, Stuskas I'm, I'm definitely keeping an eye on, but, uh, I'll throw in a sixth because uh, I think Kelly Olenek, um he wasn't on my original list of five, but he's in a situation where his minutes are, are going to dwindle um, because Al Horford signed with the Boston Celtics. Uh, you know, he started uh, a bunch of games for the Celts last year, um, but, you know, it's unlikely that he's going to have the same role. Uh, and, you know, they have a qualifying offer for him for, for the following season. So he's really, you know, I think he's playing for, um, the other 29 teams. So not that the Celtics won't sign him, but um, really, there's not a lot of room. I think in that in that front court, it's a it's a little Jay Crowder of a front court.
1: Mm, bad, bad <laughs> um, but, we don't uh, have a uh, pun the, gun I, on this. Kelly's episode. sort of
0: playing for his NBA career too, and um, unfortunately, he's not going to get a ton of minutes to really show it off. But I, I think he's a guy that um, you know would, would get uh, a multiple year contract somewhere else if it doesn't work out in Boston.
1: Now I feel bad. I kind of um, Kelly Olenek slipped my mind as I was preparing that list. That's a good one. You beat me on that one. <laughs> I guess he slipped your mind too. He didn't make the original list, but he made the uh <laughs> Yeah,
0: that that's true. I, I I I he is uh becoming a bit of an afterthought in in uh Boston. You know, they have, you know, former after Amir Johnson and Al Horford in front of them. Those are probably the starters and they re-signed Tyler Zeller who, you know, there's rumors that they were going to let him go, so those those are probably three bigs uh, that are going to play in front of him and, and, and play a lot of minutes in front of him. Jay Crowder plays the four a little bit. Uh, so he is, yeah, unfortunately, he's an afterthought for me uh, to some degree, but he's an afterthought for the Celtics, I, I believe, too. He's just, I don't know if he's going to carve those minutes. There's a lot of threes on that team that can play four. Um, you know, although he, in the last as a center, he, there's uh, not a lot of minutes to go around.
1: Mm-hmm. One player that uh, made my list and he would make my list five times over is Jamal Murray. Now, I'm going to be watching way more Denver Nuggets games than probably my entire life because I really, really enjoyed watching Jamal Murray play at Kentucky. I enjoyed uh, seeing the little clips of him I'd get when uh, he was playing for uh, up at the prep school. I forget its name at the moment. It's at, not at the top of my head, but uh, he is an electric player. He's a lot of fun to watch. I'm not sure if you remember the Pan Am games when uh, Can. i I'm sure you do—when Canada went on that uh, run to the gold medal game and beat the U.S., but he was so fun to watch. And I think he's really built for the NBA. I, he's a bigger guard. He'll be able to get minutes at the shooting guard and the point guard. And if I had to— pick a really, really, really sleeper pick to win rookie of the year, you know, I wouldn't, uh, I, I give Jamal Murray a shout out on that one. I think he's got a a lot of potential where he's at. That's
0: a heck of a sleeper pick. That's that's (laughs) a a really, that's a really good sleeper pick. You can just see him, uh, in Denver. Um, you know, teams that go in there aren't going to be able to run like them. Uh, Jamal Murray is going to create space for himself. Uh, everywhere on the court, he's just you, you. Like you said, he's electric. He he's just a, he can ball offensively. I mean, he's he's a scorer. Uh, you know, I had the chance to see him up close and personal at summer league this uh, off season. Um, that guy is smooth. Uh, it's um, yeah. There's there's it, that shooting guard spot in in Denver. Uh, you know, he could get a lot of minutes there. Um, yeah, and you're right. He could play a little point guard. You know, Emmanuel Boudier is not playing 40 minutes a night, uh, quite yet. Um, there's there's minutes to be had, and, um, you yeah, know, he was on my list as a guy. I didn't have a as a sleeper pick, but uh, I, I think that's smart. Uh, I think that's uh, a really, really smart sleeper pick, although, you know, because, because we actually talked about it on our show today. You know, we picked our Rookies of the Year, and we picked Buddy Heald, uh a couple of us, and, and there's a Joel Embiid pick in there, and there's a Chris Dunn from Lee Ellis for some odd reason. There should <laughs> have been a Chris Dunn pick. Uh, but, uh, although Chris is obviously a spectacular player, <laughs> I just don't think the minutes are there in Minnesota, but uh, Jamal Murray can carve out um, some minutes. He, he's already carving them out in Summer League. I, 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 Michael Malone looks at him and uh, just sees, like you said, he's NBA ready. If Michael Malone looks down the bench and sees Jamal Murray, I don't see how you can't put that guy in the game. The guy's just ready. Um, to score at all times uh, he seems like an NBA ready
1: player right now and I think the difference between him and he's just he's obviously got a great shooting touch and then when Nick Stauskas was drafted we were talking about his ability to to shoot but he didn't have quite the same ability to get into the lane and and get to the rim that Jamal Murray has and I think that's what kind of puts him a, above some of the rest for me at least.
0: Yeah, he can create space. Uh, even if he doesn't get into the lane, I, I think he's he's slick with the dribble uh to get his his shot off in the mid-range. Um you know, if he starts at the three-point line, he'll find he'll get space. Uh the, the space that Nick Stauskas doesn't really uh, create for himself and uh and and same thing uh, in terms of going to the rack. You know, yeah, you're right. Jamal Murray will uh, absorb contact, get in there. Uh that's not Nick Stauskas' game at this point.
1: I uh, I know this really doesn't mean anything for Uh, people who are trying to figure out what's going to happen in the NBA. But when I bought my first, uh, the newest copy of NBA 2K17, and I played as the Denver Nuggets, I played my brother, who's not the greatest at defense, but I did score about 60 points with Jamal Murray. So if you're playing 2K, he's also a good guy to play with.
0: What you're saying is Rookie of the Year and NBA scoring champion Jamal Murray.
1: You know what? Um... I don't think I'm going to lose too much respect if I say that, but I think the respect I could get if it turns out right could go very well for me. So yeah, exactly. let's, let's go with that. Let's say yeah. Jamal Murray scoring champ.
0: All pub is good pub. That's what I've
1: heard. <laughs> all I right. Live
0: in the U S all pub is good pub.
1: <laughs> so, uh, who's next on uh, your list?
0: Um, the last guy on my list, um, is Trey Lyles. Uh, I, you know, we're all sort of uh, wondering what the Utah Jazz are um, in the NBA world. And uh, Trey Lyles is, he, he's a bit of a, a conundrum to me uh, in terms of how much, how many minutes he's going to get. Because, uh, you know, like like a Jamal Murray, um, I think he's come on to the NBA scene, like Jamal Murray will, I, I believe, I should say, uh, Trey Lyles has come on to the NBA scene and, and made a name for himself, uh, you know, to some degree. Uh, But he's playing behind Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors, and those seem to be the guys that Utah is banking on for the future. Um, But Trey Lowe's, uh, at his size, is a a great ball handler um, for a big, uh, can obviously shoot it. Uh, He's just a talented big man. So uh, I think any team would put put him, uh, you know, obviously sign him and give him a shot. Uh, if they had an opening for a starting spot. So that's to me, watching the jazz and, and how it all shakes down is they're, they're a really deep team. It's really going to be interesting to watch, uh, you know, one through nine, one through 10, how they, uh, how, how the roster shakes out. And, and Trey Lyles is a part of that because he's, he's good enough to start. And, uh, I don't know yeah. if he'll ever have that opportunity on this roster, but, um, you know, you, you reminded me of when you talked about Jamal You—you, you, I can hear in your voice how much you like watching him play. I love watching Trey Lyle's play. Uh, he's just, you know, I, I love the bigs that can, um, you know, make other bigs look foolish because they can dance around them. And, and Lyle's, although he looks, you know, sort of lumbering and, uh, you know, he lumbered up to our set at, at uh, the starter summer league last year in 2015 uh you know it was you know a bit of a quiet year but uh the second his second season was uh was pretty cool to watch the injuries kind of helped him you know because rudy gobert was out uh favors was out uh but where does it go from here it's um i, I don't know if they're gonna go with a three headed monster in the future, but uh you know they all, they also signed boris dial so there's uh there's not a lot of minutes to go around for a guy who uh who's pretty capable.
1: What did you think of his performance in the summer league? Because he had some very strong games. I mean, he's yeah. on, he's on my list too.
0: Yeah, no, I. That's uh, uh, he deserves uh, you know he, the price of admission, and, and that's not uh, uh, something you can say for a lot of guys in the summer league. You know, he he's actually uh, you know he's a, an NBA level player, and, and again, I think he'll be uh, knocking on. Um, you know, starting units door. Uh, that's definitely not a term, but, uh, you know, we can make it one because I think Trey Lyles is, uh, he's going to be in the league a long time. He just needs an opportunity.
1: Do you think having to play behind Derek favors and, and Rudy Gobert this year will stunt him at all? Or does that not really matter too much in in the long run?
0: Well, I mean, he needs to play, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you know, I don't think stunt is the word, um, uh, because I think he'll, he'll make it through either way. I think he's just, he's just a good ball player. Uh, you know, he'll persevere. I just, I just think somebody would give him more of an opportunity if it's not going to be in Utah and, uh, Utah hasn't, uh, signed, uh, you know, Rudy Gobert long-term quite yet. And, uh, Derek Favors only has another year on his contract. So, uh, after, after this one, so, I don't know, but uh, I I, I wouldn't ever put a ceiling on on Trey Lyle after watching him play, and say anything that anything that happens in Utah this this year isn't going to uh, isn't going to stunt him or stop him from growing in in the near future.
1: And I suppose the nice thing about uh, Utah is, unlike some of the other situations we talked about, he's on a really good team. He's on a team that definitely is a threat. I'd say to make playoffs, so that that'll help him as far as uh, experience goes. And uh, as, long as he plays, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. And I guess that's a caveat for uh, a lot of these guys. I mean, we mentioned some of the rosters maybe not having as much talent, but they still they need to get minutes. You gotta yeah. get minutes to show your stuff. And the yeah. last person. On uh, my list, it goes for him too, is Andrew Nicholson. I think um, he was signed by the Washington Wizards this summer after playing in Orlando, and I think that uh, he's got a potential to take advantage of a power forward spot that um, he could definitely get into. I think he's got the ability. He's got he's got range to shoot it. He's not as uh, big as your man Trey Lyles, but he still can stretch the floor and play a bit of the big position and guard that as well. So I think I think he could be a little bit of a, a sneaky, good Canadian to watch this year. It will depend on, it'll be nice to see, interesting to see, I should say, how the Washington Wizards do. They were a bit of, a, I think, disappointment would be a safe word to use for Wizards fans at least. But I, I think they, they'll be able to come back ready to go and i think andrew nicholson's got a got a potential spot there it'll be interesting to see how they utilize him. i suppose
0: uh his uh, his contract was one that went under the radar this offseason you, you mentioned the, the wizards signing him to they signed him to a 426 million dollar deal so they must believe it and uh I'm not sure how much of a market there was out there for him, but to sign him to a four years guaranteed deal uh, for a guy uh, that, you know, hasn't really made a name for himself in the NBA quite yet is uh, it was, was great for him. Uh, And yeah, the wizards, they definitely disappointed last year Uh, and the front court that he's playing behind uh, is Marcin Gortat uh, and Marquise Morris. They're probably your starters, Um, you know, Marquise at the four spot. And Yal uh, Mahimi is, is another backup. So uh, those those four are, are the bigs, um, and then you got a Jason Smith in there as well. So uh, minutes are not guaranteed by any means, but if you know they invested so much in him, uh, it, it's uh, they must have watched some of those games where he went off for the Magic. Uh, there were they're few and far between, but as you said, he's he can stretch it, and uh, it sure seems like that is what the Wizards want to play. You know, John wall penetrates four shooters around them. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, guys who can at, le- at least three and at the four spot, definitely you got to be able to shoot. So I can see him working into that lineup. Um, you know, Scotty Brooks came over from. OKC. uh, it was Russell Westbrook, make things happen. And, and same goes for John Wall, it's make things happen. And, and Nicholson could, could benefit if he's on the floor. Um, uh, the guy can score. So, uh, that's that's a real good one because that that was a you know I am I am deep into the you know the every single transaction you know the nitty gritty of each transaction that happens throughout the league but that was one that I mean went extremely un, unreported for a guy like Nicholson uh, you know uh, obviously a talented guy um, but to get four years guaranteed is uh, is pretty shocking. Um, you know, despite all the money that was being thrown around, it didn't seem like that name. His name wasn't mentioned at all. So that's that's a great one uh, to throw out there. I'll, a bonus one because I just wanted to to mention. Um, you know, he is sort of like an Andrew Nicholson in that he he hasn't reached all of the potential uh, that we've talked about with Dwight Powell. You know, younger uh, guy in in Dallas. He's got an opportunity where the front court is really sitting there. You know, he is playing behind Dirk and he is playing behind Andrew Bogut, but those guys are older. They need rest. Bogut gets rest every single year. Uh, He doesn't play a ton of minutes. Dirk, um, you know, he's, he's playing great, but also needs his rest. Is, is Dwight Powell going to reach that potential? You know, uh, Mark Cuban called him a stretch five when, when they (laughs) acquired him from Boston. Uh, this, I, 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 I just believe in, uh, uh, his attitude. And, uh, I, I think he just needs minutes. So, um, it's a situation I think that, uh, that adds up. And, and it seems like we're a positive beats when it comes to all these Canadians here, but, um, he's got the skill set, and I think he'll have the opportunity, um, being in an, another year under uh, Rick Carlisle there. I think Carlisle trusts him to, to go out there and produce.
1: Speaking of negotiations, uh, maybe some listeners don't know, but recently, Tyler Ennis was actually traded from... He was on the Bucks, and now he's going to the Rockets. What did you think of that uh, that move when you heard about it?
0: I think it was good for him uh, because, um, you know, the Rockets can use some some point guard help, and, you know, although James Harden is their, their 1 and their 1A and their 1B <laughs> point guard, uh, he's going to handle the ball all the time. You know, they really have... Uh, They've got an older Pablo Prigioni to be their backup point guard, and uh, I, uh, you know, so there's there's room there for him to play, uh, and uh, you know he, he seems like a very capable guy, and, and I thought being with Jason Kidd and Milwaukee made some sense for him, um, but I think the Rockets needed that help, so it's a good sign when somebody trades for you when they need you because it's likely that he'll he'll see some minutes, uh, and you know Pablo Prigioni. Uh, He's ageless, but he's going to retire one day. And, uh, you know, maybe Tyler Ennis can step in and and actually have a a solid backup point guard role. What did you think of of that move?
1: I thought it it was quite interesting, and I think it would feel good for Tyler Ennis to know that he was traded for. He wasn't thrown in. It was a straight-up trade. They wanted him, and they gave up uh, Michael Beasley to get him. So I think that... Uh, just the kind of confidence boost that comes with knowing a team wants you. I mean, there's also, I guess, you could look at it the negative way and say, "Well, this team didn't want you," but I think you got to look at it positive and say, "This team wanted you on the roster. You've got an opportunity to get some minutes and uh, take that confidence boost and, and see what you can do with it." He also had a good um, off season. He was playing with Team Canada, and I thought he he played pretty well and. Helped control the team there with Corey Joseph, so I think he he wasn't on my my list per se, but he's he's got he's got some potential. It'd be interesting to watch Houston this year for many reasons, and I think he's one of them.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, you know, the Bucks have a surplus of guards and point guards. They signed Delvadova, who's going to be their starter. They have Michael Carter Williams. Yeah, he plays um, some point guards. So. Not that he was expendable, but um, they they just have a glut of guards all of a sudden. So uh, you're right. The Rockets sought him out, uh, and and thought that okay, you want Michael Beasley? Well, this is the guy that we want. And uh, I'm sure um, that uh, Daryl Morey has had his eye on him for for years. Uh, he he screams backup point guard to me. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I mean that in a positive way. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a capable. Backup point guard. Um, I'm not sure he'll ever be a starter, um, but I, I think there is a potential for a backup point guard. And, and you're right; um, when you're wanted, that makes you feel good. And he could play uh, in Houston, even even as early as this year.
1: Mm-hmm. And I mean, you bring up being a backup point guard. Obviously, that's not a not a bad thing whatsoever. If you look at a guy like Corey Joseph, another Canadian. Who is I would say one of the top backup point guards in the league, and he gets he gets plenty of minutes, and he certainly made a name for himself in Toronto. Though uh, he had the advantage of being from Toronto, but yeah, being a backup point guard is nothing to nothing to shake a stick at. That's for sure.
0: No, it's uh, Corey Joseph plays fourth quarter minutes, and Corey mm-hmm. Joseph uh, is was easily worthy of that that contract and place in some of the best lineups for the Raptors, you know, when they go small and they play Lowry and DeRozan at the two, three, uh, Corey Joseph, you know, benefited from the, the Spurs organization. Uh, the guy, uh, I mean, he's, he saved probably the Raptors season in that first round against the Pacers. He was their best player, um, first round, uh, of the 2016 playoffs for several of those games, although he wasn't playing 35 minutes a night, and didn't have the pressure that Kyle Lowry or DeRozan had on them. Uh, but that was, uh, I mean, I think he had some game-saving plays and, and, and drives to the bucket and defensive plays, uh, and uh, uh, you know, it's, I think you know where he comes from in, in terms of the Spurs organization really helps. But uh, you're right, Ennis can can look at a guy like that and say, I mean, that you just got to keep going. That guy could be your, you know, your model, his model um, as far as his, his NBA career
1: goes. All right. Well, we've. Certainly covered a lot, lots for uh, people to chew on as they get ready for the NBA season. And, of course, they can check out your show, The Starters, if they want to get a a little bit more info from some probably more knowledgeable people than myself. But that's a conversation for another time. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on. I uh, really appreciate you giving me the time, and uh, I'm sure it'll be an interesting season, that's for sure.
0: Anytime, Phil. Uh, thank you very much for having me on.
1: All right. Have a good one. You too. That was Tas Mellis, co-host of The Starters on NBA TV. And that's all for this episode. Thanks for listening. As always, it's appreciated. So if you happen to enjoy the episode, I want you to do me a favor. Give the podcast a review. Doesn't take too much time. And perhaps if you're really feeling positive, you can share the podcast on social media. That also would be appreciated. If you have any comments you'd like to make about the show, you can send them right directly to me. No middleman. That's at Canada's Podcast at gmail.com or you can send me a tweet at Canada's Court. Have a great day and thanks for listening.